would you like to know? Well, you should listen. Zoom. Cron. Week in review. Listen closely. Zoom. Cron. It's gonna help you. Then think for yourself. What the hell happens? I'm gonna tell you. From my in perspective. In the Zoom Cron. In Zoom Cron. Week, week in, in review. review. Right now. Here's an independent journalist, Travis. William, William Skink Matier. Welcome to another episode of ZoomCron Week in Review. I'm your host, Travis William Skink Matier, independent journalist here in Missoula, Montana. I'm going to go solo tonight. Timing wasn't right for my co-host, Allie, to be here. Um, so I'm probably a shorter than usual episode. Although the material doesn't change week to week, there continues to be so much happening here in ZoomTown. What's relatable beyond Missoula, Montana? Well, I did have a conversation with Monica Perez recently. Um, it was a great conversation in which tax increment financing was, I hope, effectively communicated. And the importance of what's happening here in Missoula and also in Helena, which I'll be in Helena Monday and Tuesday of this coming week, to provide testimony because SB 523 has made it from the Senate to the House. Some strategy is being formulated. My, my comment that I, I'll, probably about two minutes is what I'm giving myself. It's a good comment. I have the first draft ready to go, so not going to share anything yet. Got to keep it under wraps, but exciting stuff will be happening. You can even have a link, I believe, to, to watch the live stream of the action in Helena. It's going to be 8 a.m. on Tuesday. That is coming up. So let me take a sip of water because we're going to begin with the April 9th post. So this is actually technically a Sunday post. We got really started early this, this last week because it was Easter and I chose to watch a movie by Richard Kelly. Richard Kelly made the movie Donnie Darko and he made this movie that I watched on Saturday night going into Sunday morning, Southland Tales. That's right. I was pretty blown away just because of personal synchronicities. So not every one of those is going to have relevance. But <laughs> if you're not familiar with the with the movie, the timing of watching Southland Tales was pretty significant. There's a lot of Jesus stuff going on. Dwayne Johnson, the rock, is one of the protagonists, wakes up in a desert, mind is wiped, has a new girlfriend, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's got a script. She wants him to you know, pitch it to Hollywood peeps. And at one point, I think there's some confusion between fiction and nonfiction. Really? <laughs> really? Is that a theme? Um, let me just take a, a quick look. One of the things that, that is overlapping with ha things happening in film is a weird belief system in which Donald Trump is truly some messiah-type figure for a lot of people. Uh, maybe he's Christ come again. Maybe he's the Antichrist. In any case, there is some crazy chaos magic narrative warfare going on. Uh, someone, Gematria Codex on Twitter, likes to put out different number breakdowns. And I, I try not to take this stuff too seriously, but every once in a while, I'll see these things and they'll accumulate. And then I do something like watch a movie uh, the night before Easter. Um <laughs> Oh, goodness, goodness. The protagonist's name, so Dwayne Johnson's name in this movie, his first name is Boxer. There was a picture of Donald Trump with a boxer by the name of Mike Tyson and a musician by the name of Kid Rock. There's a lot of stuff going on, Bud Light and influencers, Dylan Mulcavy or whatever his name is, her name. Oh, man, oh, man. So the... The post, if you go to zoomcron.com, you can see this madness as I try and make a somewhat cohesive post using modern, current images of our president, former president. Some people think he still is the president. Um, and <laughs> there's even a shot of Mel Gibson giving Donald Trump a salute. 
God bless America. You know what I mean? Um, but then I, I include pictures of myself because even a t-shirt I was wearing uh, had a synchronicity implication. Philip K. Dick wrote a book called Flow My Tears, the Policeman Said. That book is referenced in the movie, Southland Tales. The character's name, uh, I think Traveler, uh, Travener, something to that effect. Uh, there's so many name connections that start playing out. And I, I put it all in the post for people that are interested in that. Normally, the posts week to week, day to day, Monday through Friday, posting at 7 a.m. are local articles about local headlines, stuff that I'm investigating directly here locally. Did I say local? It's almost like saying the word folks. Local. But every once in a while, I do like to put these these posts together of popular culture and how it's playing out in my own personal life. <laughs> For my personal life. We're not going to get into that quite yet. But check out the movie. I think it's relevant. Very interesting stuff is, is, is playing out. Also, poetry. The, the political ticket in this movie is um, Bob Frost, <laughs> Elliot and Frost. It just, it's endless. There's also a scene in which a rollerblader gets violently hit by a, a car and then run over. And so for Owen Benjamin, very anti-rollerblade in his Beartopia world in northern Idaho, the, the sort of cult-like following he's trying to garner. Um, yeah. <laughs> the rollerblading thing is just one little cherry of absurdity on top of this synchronicity storm. So check out the post. It's, it's pretty interesting. But moving on to some more relevant stuff, I put out, this is, this is important, um, my fourth report, April 10th. So this is AA number four. AA stands for Assess and Address. Uh, this one took us from West Broadway Island to Silver Park. Let me take another sip of water. So I did this particular um, outreach on April 7th. Um, this was broken up between uh, two time periods, 11.30 to 12.30, then 2.30 to 3.30, roughly. Uh, we had the West Broadway Island plus Silver Park as the areas in which I was doing outreach. I caught a tweaker in the wild. This was quite amazing. Um, I wasn't sure as I was filming, or not filming, I was watching this guy from, from across the river. So I was on the Silver Park side of the Clark Fork River, which runs through town here in Missoula, Montana. A river does run through it. It's true. And I was watching this man crouch and, and sort of walk along the riverbank. He was stalking something. And, and so I got my camera out in time to get a shot of him throwing a rock at a duck. He was trying to hit ducks with rocks. So I took some footage of this tweaker-looking dude uh, trying to stalk. And, and I, don't, I don't know if he was hoping to maybe kill the duck and, and, and eat it, perhaps, or just kill it for fun. I'm not entirely sure. wasn't going to strike up a conversation to figure out the, the finer points of what this man was doing. I did strike up a conversation, however, with a woman who was walking an animal. A dog, obviously. And it was a good conversation. She lives in the area. She gave me some context. She reminded me of a, uh, a former client who did some pretty violent stuff in the area and, and was arrested. I haven't seen him since. Um, but in these posts, in my reports, I like to bring in local media reports if there are individuals um, that are I'm running across. It, it's, it's a fascinating thing that I'm doing with my TIFF, Travis's Impact Fund. You can go to GoFundMe, my TIFF. It, it has a couple donations. I am soliciting donations all the time, so it's slow work. Um, if you're just looking at the at just the numbers, you might not feel like there's a lot of success going on. But if you look at my AA reports, holy crap, man, I think there is success happening left and right. There are now five reports out, actually six, but um, the sixth one I'm going to, I think, probably have to touch on next time. We'll see. We'll see what we have time for. But um, this is report number four. And the highlight, I think, is... <laughs> The images of the camps, just West Broadway Island is right across the street from the Pavarello Center, and there is access that's been created through a bridge to nowhere, ended up costing around $800,000 in tax increment financing money. Yes, it's a ridiculous bridge. The gate that this bridge has, um, it opens and shuts, obviously, it's a gate. Who opens it? Who shuts it? Well, in the mornings, Parks and Rec is supposed to open it, and then at night, Black Knight Security private security they're supposed to close it 
It doesn't always happen in a timely fashion for people that want to access it. Don't worry. Uh, the savvy houseless folks have created a uh, sort of path um, beneath the bridge with rocks. And that's very effective if you want to just get access to the West Broadway Island. So are the camps clean or mostly clean? clean kind of like those mostly peaceful protests during the summer of love when things you know burn down and happy bonfires of unity yeah well no in fact if my eyes and the footage are accurate and i think they are because i don't have cgi deep fake technology at my behest the camps are not clean in fact there's even a notice from parks and rec that says this area has become a public health hazard safety hazard and or public nuisance I think all three. But just to make sure that it's pr properly documented, there are still images at the post. There's a compilation of video footage. And I believe this is the one where I include some music from Noise Complaint. So <clears throat> you definitely want to check that out. All my video reports can be found on my Vimeo account. And you definitely want to check out zoomcron.com for all the latest. You want to financially support my efforts? Well, you can do so at my about page at zoomcron.com. There's a donation button. It doesn't always work, I was told. You can also do that GoFundMe. So Travis's Impact Fund. Moving on, what do we got? Oh, we have a two-parter. We have the state of our community. Is it strong? So April 10th, we have Navigating Change in a Strong, quote-unquote, Strong Community. This is part one. So I'm gonna go ahead and just read this post. All right. Is the state of our community strong? That's what our mayor, county commissioner, and university president want you to think by calling Monday's state of the community address, navigating change in a strong community. What makes a strong community? If you follow strong towns on Twitter, you may discover that some people's definition of strength isn't compatible with your own. So the tweet that I highlight says, streets are better when they're filled with people rather than just parked cars. And it shows a nice street in 2010 uh, with vehicular traffic. And then in 2022, only people on the street that no longer includes cars. Yes, people are great, but sometimes people can also be trashy, dangerous assholes. Law enforcement understands this all too well, and it can burn them out. Likewise with social service providers. So how do you convince them that our community is strong when they're spending their time flying drones over homeless camps? Um, thank you also to the person who provided that drone footage of the transient camp as of March, I'm sorry, May 13th, uh, 2021. Uh, that was also a donor to my TIF fund. So thank you, Bill. Continuing on, I like this bird's eye view. It's much safer than my on-the-ground approach. Maybe I should take notes from people who fly drones. I wonder, could the pilot of this drone connect me with anyone else who flies drones in Missoula? You know, and this is actually, I'm going to just interrupt this. I've had a couple people mention to me lately, hey, Travis, it's like we know there's probably so much more going on, you know, that you can't write about. Um, sometimes there's hints that'll kind of drop. Yeah. I tell those folks it's true. And then sometimes I do get into some details that I don't write in, in the posts. And so it's always fun if you want to donate, um, reach out to me, connect in real life. I've been able to do that a couple times with some uh, local donors, and it's much appreciated. A lot of fun, too. Continuing on. In the animal kingdom, taking what you want is a clear sign of strength. I thought we humans were supposed to be more evolved than that, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my liberal arts education with an emphasis on literature and creative writing was a giant mistake that fucked up my thinking. Maybe I should be more like this character. And now <laughs> the picture is Tom Cruise in the movie Magnolia. If you've seen this movie and you know Tom Cruise's character in this movie, you know what I'm talking about. If not, check it out. Even just watch a few clips. It's pretty funny. And laughing is important. How will Jordan Hess, our mayor, Seth Bodner, UM Prez, and Josh Slotnick, one-third of our county commissioners, define strength? Maybe instead of focusing on the word strength, I should be more aware of the multi-modes involved in the processes of navigation. Our UM Prez, the bod, is very aware of this since his pedigree includes running General Electric's transportation division, or whatever these corporate monsters call it. Here's a breakdown of the bod's resume. Now you gotta check this out. This is impressive. 
So th this is a little screenshot, and this is from his, not resume, but his bio. Seth Bonner accepted the offer to be the next president of the University of Montana. Bonner is a senior executive at General Electric Company, where he is responsible for long-term strategy and business transformation and GE Transportation, a global company with over 10,000 employees and approximately $5 billion, with a B, in revenue. Previously, he was president of GE Transportation's digital solutions business and was GE Transportation's first-ever chief digital officer. Oh, that's exciting. Um, it gets worse or more impressive, depending on where you're standing on this globalized control grid we're getting ensnared in, when you see the educational part of this dude's credentials. So here's some more. Bonner is a Rhodes Scholar and Truman Scholar, earned two master's degrees at Oxford University. He graduated first in his class at West Point and later taught classes as a faculty member at the Military Academy. This will become important when you realize what uh, Seth Bodner is saying about a college education. Okay, moving on. Representing the two-wheeled mode of radical transformation for Missoula's transportation infrastructure, here's a more than appropriate picture of Mayor Hess sporting the color lime. That's a picture now I'm describing for you listeners. That's, this is Jordan Hess standing by a lime bike. That's one of those bikes that you're supposed to be able to rent, get around easier, multi-mode. Um, all those many months in Montana where we don't have snow on the ground, which are like three or maybe four. See that white stuff? And this is what I mentioned in the post. See that white stuff on the mountain back there? That white stuff is a natural element that brave multimodal zealots, MMZs, are simply undeterred by. If sturdy MMZs who bravely ride bikes through snow aren't the epitome of strength, I don't know what is. Last but certainly not least, we have Josh Slotnick, our first poet commissioner but hopefully not our last. Wink. Step up to the mic, poet Slotnick. Um, in the picture I have is Slotnick at a mic, and it says, art, love, and other acts of bad judgment. This was during, I think, a Tell Me Something performance. How is Josh Slotnick at navigation? Well, his performance of Mea Culpa after that poorly disclosed conflict of interest issue seems to go pretty good, so maybe Slotnick is a strong navigator, is a stronger navigator than I thought. Just don't ask former Commissioner Gene Curtis. And then there's a little quote from Gene Curtis that I don't feel like getting into. Wrapping up this first part, is this an example of strongly navigating change? All of these, all of these men that I included, their little bios, little, little perspective. Um, no, but give this farmer poet a break. So I'm, I'm actually referring to Josh's um, failure to disclose his conflict of interest. And I'm asking if that's a example of strongly navigating change. And then I say it's not, but give this farmer poet a break. He, his organic food might be important if our national strength is less than what we're being told by our totally trustworthy national political leadership. And then there's a picture of Joe Biden. Okay. So that wraps up the first part and moving on to the second part. Again, let me take a little sip of water. Yeah. Part two actually gets into the content of what navigating change in a strong community communicated to the community. And the ballroom at the Doubletree was pretty large. A lot of people were in that ballroom. I was one of them. I even asked a question. It's true. The question was formulated by the table I was sitting at. So it was actually co-signed by all those people, including Juanita Vera. Vero, she's the county commissioner. Okay, so let us go and start reading this post. <clears throat> Before getting to my experience watching the state of the community held at the Doubletree Hotel yesterday, so this is, of course, uh, April 11th is the date of this post, I'd like to say how impressively uninformative local media coverage has been thus far. What I've read has focused primarily on the 10-minute speeches each local leader gave the full room. For context on those lo local leaders, here's the link to part one. I went to Twitter to see what other coverage I might find. This also didn't produce much, except for a few tweets from Coulter Nuanez, <laughs> I think. Um, like this one. County Commissioner Josh Slotnick talking about tax reform in regards to the 3.5 million tourists Missoula County had visit last year. Property taxes and the relationship to tourism is a complicated and fascinating issue, says this tweeter. Uh, what else might have been newsworthy about this state of the community? 
maybe the questions posed to these three city county leaders and the answers they formulated. Instead, coverage like this by Martin Gummer Kidston contains barely anything worth highlighting, except this claim from President Bodner that a loss of confidence in the value of a college education is a ding 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 national security problem. So remember that bio that I read about Seth Bonner? Now, here's the excerpt from Gomer's article. Quote, we should all be concerned about the numerous polls that show public confidence in higher education has been eroding for over a decade, he said. This is the largest national security challenge that no one is talking about. We've staked our claim as a country, as an innovation-based economy. Innovation requires education. We have to address that. Wow. Continuing on. I have a hard time taking Bonner's worry about national security, national security seriously, considering his former position leading a transnational corporation after getting Rhodes Scholar educated at an institution like Oxford. Oh, but Seth Bonner used the word kiddo. <laughs> so forget everything I just said. Anyone who uses the word kiddo is clearly incapable of doing anything wrong. So hopefully that sex-based discrimination lawsuit, yeah, hopefully that'll be dropped. Especially if national security is on the line. Because that, that's important shit, guys. Another lawsuit not mentioned, since events like these omit inconvenient realities in order to paint a pretty picture of community strength, is the Reap, Bell, and Jasper payday for the Missoula County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> Remember that, guys? The, the parody pay scandal? Oh, yeah. Is that why our newly elected sheriff, Jeremiah Peterson, wasn't in attendance? I can't say. I also can't say if our lead county attorney, Kirsten Pabst, was in attendance, because I didn't see her. Mike Collier, our placeholder police chief, he was in attendance. And that's good, because the question I helped my table craft had to do with public safety. I've been talking about public safety a lot. Which, I, Before I get to my question, I actually just want to thank Allie, um, who was not able to, to be here tonight, like I said. But um, she did remind me by, by telling me something that she thought I would appreciate, and I absolutely did. She read back in the minutes... So every time that you know, public comments are being made, there is a record being kept, and those are called the minutes. Those minutes have to be approved, usually in the next meeting. And so she read back one of my public comments from the minutes, and it was amazingly accurate, and it made me smile because every time I'm making comments, there's a record. It's being archived for posterity. So thank you, Allie, for, for pointing that out to me because it did make me smile. Now, let's see. Get to the question, okay? The question... And I think this was streamed on MCAT, but there is, of course, usually a uh, there's a record of um, what goes on at City Club. That's where the, the state of the community address was held. So the question here it is for those who support encouraging expansion or claim it's inevitable. How do you propose addressing gaps in our criminal justice system to ensure public safety? That was the question Seth Bonner did not really answer. It was primarily Jordan Hess, our mayor, and Josh Slotnick, our county commissioner. And I will just read what I wrote in the post. The response to this question was less than satisfactory and basically entailed Hess and Slotnick talking about the jail diversion program and specialized courts like a shelter court that allows people staying at the Pavarilla Center to appear in court via Zoom from the shelter. Isn't that convenient? The mobile support team was also mentioned, as, as well as a receiving center that will be opening in the fall or winter of this year. But nothing was said about the revolving door some individuals seem to experience despite committing violent crimes. Instead of worrying about violent crime, Hess and Slotnick were much more animated when calling out the legislature for the culture war antics playing out in Helena. At one point, the grandstanding even elicited applause. So it's no surprise the Missoulian chose that aspect to focus on in their article. Oh, tisk tisk. Uh, I'm not going to go read that excerpt. You can go to zoomcron.com and read all the details if you would like. Moving on. Did I applaud when Mayor Hess referred to the bill aimed at restraining tax increment financing as one of the biggest threats coming out of Helena? <laughs> no, but I definitely smirked. Because our leaders know there's an actual chance SB 523 could get passed and become law. After the event concluded, I lurked near the lunch I did not pay for, feeling hungry, so I decided to ask if I could have a Caesar wrap. Not only did I get a free wrap, 
I also got the impression that my inquiry to City Club last month about hosting a criminal justice forum is being discussed. At least, that is what I was told. Maybe it pays to keep the ranting and raving in check, at least in real life. So, moving on, let's see. Okay, oh yes, so we now have the fifth report. We have AA number five, that's assess and address number five. This is houseless contact conversations plus a Bonner and East Broadway look. So before we get into this, I'm going to hit pause, take a quick break. I have to use the restroom and do all those things. So one moment, I'll be back in a jiffy. You're listening to Zoomcron Week in Review. Okay, I am back. AA number five. Let's get to it. This was posted on April 12th, 2023. Um, the date I actually did the outreach was April 9th and 10th. Um, this was actually a pretty long one. The April 11th is also included in this sort of massive number five report. Um, part, of the, part of the reason why this is a, a big long report is because in my initial phase of my assessment, I wanted to do a lot of getting out to the sort of different areas I used to do the outreach when I was the homeless outreach coordinator at the Pavarello Center. I wanted to get out and do some assessment before April 10th. And April 10th is, of course, when the Johnson Street Shelter here in Missoula was going to be closing. So that has since come and gone. I wanted to get a sense of the pre-April 10th closing situation out in the different spots where people may or may not live in their marginal way, legally, illegally. It's mostly illegal, but that is a whole complicated situation. So I begin with a picture of Lee Nelson, who was murdered brutally on November 20th, 2020, in part because my overall hope with my TIF is to increase public safety. And part of that is to do some low-level cleanups to remove visual cues that it's okay to just pop up and make shanty towns all over the place. It's, it's weird because that is in line with the broken windows theory of policing. So I'm not a police officer. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I did provide alarm clock services to one young man in a red sleeping bag in Bonner, Montana. So that's east of Missoula. Near the end of the line from Mountain Line, one of their free bus routes that takes people out, way out east of town, so that you can pass out in a red sleeping bag. This young man on April 11th, this was the first day after the Johnson Street Shelter was closed, I asked him, were you staying at the shelter, at the Johnson Street Shelter? And he said, yes. <laughs> he was very close to a school and to two churches. Did I, did I do outreach at those churches and school? Yes. Yes, I did. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, first, I wanted to actually frame some of the stuff that was going on in California. So I mentioned the, the stabbing death of Bobby Lee. That initially was thought to be related to random street violence ascribed to the increase in violent crime associated with the drug epidemic and the mental health issue. You know, of course, they call it homelessness, but actually turned out to be someone um, was arrested who actually knew Bobby Lee. So that particular situation cannot be ascribed to the general violence happening, but there was another situation in which there was the beating of a former fire commissioner right outside of his house. And then he had Whole Foods. They just over a year have been open and then they closed their door recently. So um, they decided San Francisco, not the place to be trying to do business. I can, I can understand. With that framing in mind, I wanted to um, kind of explain one of the things that I was hoping to do. So the conversation from AA number four from the fourth report entailed a client that ultimately was arrested from an act of violence. And so because of that act of violence, he was off the street. You might get a little squirmish when you know people can commit that kind of violence and you're living in that area. So um, the woman that I ran into when I was taking the footage of the tweaker stalking the duck with the rock, she said there was another man in the area kind of by this other bridge near the California Street walkway over the um, one of the little side channels of the California or of the Clark Fork River. And so I actually had a chance to run into this person finally, and it turned out to be A. <laughs> Uh, that's the, the letter I, I refer to Armando, is his, his real name, his, full, his first name. Um, 
wow, it was nice to, to chat with Armando. He's one of these guys that's out there living marginally and definitely has his issues, but not in a way that I've ever felt was a safety risk to myself personally. I'm not going to say that someone is never a risk. Um, anyone can kind of pop off and have have a bad day. I, I say that for personal experience. Um, when the stress gets to you, you can kind of lose it a, a bit from time to time. So, um, But it's interesting to actually see where this in individual has relocated to. So this area is where he's now currently inhabiting Previously, he had set up shop under the Reserve Street Bridge. His hoarding style of living had expanded so significantly, it was really quite awful. I have some footage of that situation. Um, was working pretty collaboratively with MDT, with, that stands for Montana Department of Transportation, the pawn shop right in that area, some other agencies. Rogers, private security, continues to have some uh, paid contract work for the, the property that MDT has responsibility for. So I chatted with A and it was a nice conversation, but it reminds me that I can help hopefully local people in the area determine who might be an actual risk and, and who might be less of a concern. Still, the way people live, especially when it comes to trash, hygiene issues with human waste, all of that stuff is still a significant concern. So let me take another sip of water. In this post, I also want to make sure I get another snapshot of Charles Covey in there. So he's sitting there in prison where he belongs, convicted now of killing Lee Nelson. I'm not sure if he was the only person who was involved in killing Lee Nelson, but certainly Charles Covey was convicted. Um, he, I think, deserved it. I sat in that courtroom and watched two weeks of testimony for the defense, for the prosecution, and that's where it stands. So... Um, Another interesting aspect of the days that are covered by this report, I ran into three poets. It was almost like, especially the, the two poets that I ran into on Easter Sunday, it was almost like a, a story from, um, oh, I'll have to look into some details, but there were some interesting things happening that particular day. Um, the two poets I ran into on that particular day, one of them was Michael Earl Craig. Yeah, he is a totally bizarre poet wave books puts out most of his work i have some of his early stuff i have i think at least three of his books uh michael earl craig farrier so he, a farrier is they kind of work with with horses and the shoes the metal shoes you put on their feet don't know much about that um but absolutely fascinating poetry some of the weirdest poetry you can you can read um, i recognize michael earl craig as i was biking on the river trail he was walking with another gentleman who happened to be a, a poet as well. They had just come from a, a reading they had done in Livingston, Montana, and they were enjoying a pretty nice day along the riverfront here in Missoula. So I made a, when I noticed it was Michael Earl Craig, I made a reason to stop ahead and it ended up being a pretty interesting reason indeed because there was a plaque talking about Glacial Lake, Missoula. And I think I'll, I'll try and include that image um, in the post that this, this, episode will be featured on and I sat there and kind of waited for Michael Earl Craig to approach and then I I said hi hey you don't remember me but I remember seeing you in 2006 and down Butler Creek you know and that was actually a pretty funny evening of poetry because Michael Earl Craig I don't think he made it that night because we'll just call it car problems that's that's what we'll call it we'll be nice and just say it was some car problems he was experiencing and just fascinating, um, fascinating to, to have some of the um, nice little signals being being sent out that particular day. Definitely needed some of that. Now, as I go and scroll down to the April 11th part, and so that's the part in which I go to Bonner, Montana, check out what was happening there because I had a hunch with the Johnson Street Shelter closing, there may be some people popping up. And so my hunch was correct when I was able to, to locate an individual who thought passing out, good idea in the woods by the train tracks. Um, I let him know, probably not the best idea. Um, also took a closer look at a shanty shack. Uh, I'll just call it a shanty shack or uh, a meth den. I'm not sure what, what the terminology should be for this absolute disgusting monstrosity right 
on the river, right on the riverbank between Missoula College and the old Montec building. I've been doing a lot of looking into this. I had a lot of interesting conversations with the university police, with um, the PIO, public information officer for the Missoula PD. And man, it is just a confounding situation. Who really gets to have all of the fun cleaning this sucker up? I got down and dirty, opened the door and peeked inside, went on the second story because this is like a two-story structure built into trees on the riverbank, covered with tarps. Um, there's definitely a meth pipe that I saw, uh, at, at least one syringe. So again, who gets to clean something like this up? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was pretty bold early on talking about getting volunteers together. This part of the river is going to hopefully be the WGM group uh, during Earth Day. Clark Fork Coalition does their big, you know, Clark Fork River cleanup. I was feeling pretty bold. And then <laughs> even, even up to the, the previous clips, feeling bold. Yeah, we're going to get this done. And of course, I, uh, I'm a little crestfallen after seeing what's actually in there. The hazmat should be brought in. I'm not sure if hazmat exists for the situation, but I'm making calls. I'm doing some work, and you can help with that work if you want to donate to Travis's Impact Fund. That's my tiff. So I wrap up that post with another little image. This was part of the cross from Lee Nelson's memorial. Um, this is located where he was murdered, the abandoned parking garage right across the street from St. Pat's. So... Moving on, let's see what we have with the next post. Yeah. Yes. Now, what is coming up this week? It's going to be Tuesday, 8 a.m. I think I mentioned that at least once, but SB 523 is going to be getting a hearing in the House. I've made my, well, I've formulated my comment. I hope to, to be launching it at 8 a.m. or however many hours we're made to wait, but in trying to process what I wanted to say, I wrote a post, and this post is April 13th. It's titled, What Should I Say About Tax Increment Financing to Convince Legislators to Vote Yes on SB 523? Okay, so let me just read the post. On Monday, at the frustratingly early hour of 8 a.m., okay, that changed. So at the time, it was Monday. Now it's Tuesday. Um, legislators in Helena will be debating Senate Bill 523, and I'll be there to provide testimony. But what should I say? Should I focus my testimony on the negative impacts of TIF on first responder capacity, including law enforcement, or should I focus on the political application of the TIF tool? To highlight the latter, a Missoulian article from October 2019 offers a perfect glimpse of one of my claims about TIF in Missoula, <clears throat> and that's the political function of this tool. But in order, <clears throat> excuse me, in order for this tool to be used for a political attack, the media has to do their part. And that's exactly what the Missoulian did four years ago with this article titled TIF Taking Donors Support Anti-TIF Candidates. From the link, some funders of a divisive political mailer supporting Missoula City Council candidates opposed to the use of tax increment financing have received hundreds of thousands of dollars in TIF funds for their business projects. The group, a political action committee, or PAC, called Missoulians for Missoula, sent campaign mailers money supporting conservative candidates who have all voiced opposition to tax increment financing. <laughs> uh, th then this, this is me. You can probably surmise from the image at the top that Brett's RV was one of the offending businesses that took a TIF handout, then tried to politically bite the hand that fed it. Another business mentioned in the article is a construction, construction company based in Frenchtown. Here's more from the news hit piece. <clears throat> As previously reported by the Missoulian, Brett's RV received nearly 123000 in TIF funding to aid in an expansion project in 2015. The business controller, Brandon Bretz, donated 200 to the PAC. According to public campaign finance records, he did not respond to multiple calls requesting comment. Tolufson Construction donated 2000 to the PAC, the Frenchtown-based construction company which formed an incidental committee in order to legally donate as a business rather than an individual, received more than a total of 150000 in TIF money to aid construction of two apartment buildings behind what is now the South Crossing Shopping Center on Brook Street in 2010 and 2012. The company's owner, Nate Tolson, did not respond to a request to comment on the donation. <laughs> oh, that is just funny. 
As you can see from the link, this media-facilitated attack was actually a counterattack in response to a few local businesses trying to influence an election by contributing to a political pack. Did it work? Nope. The Engen machine steamrolled those political contenders, allowing the TIF payola schemes to continue subsidi subsidizing development in Zoomtown. Part of my commentary next Tuesday should probably feature a big apology to the rest of the state for having to appeal to legislators for municipal handcuffs because our municipal bureaucrats can't control themselves. A uh, quick update, that will not be um, any part of what I'm going to do. Missoula itself will not be mentioned in my comments at all. Um, if I have the time, I'll include a strategic mail couple. That's right, I won't. Um, going further, geographically speaking, my deep dive appearance with Monica Perez is now available. <clears throat> So check it out. I think anyone who finds themselves trapped in the TIFF incubator no, known as California should get savvy on this scheme. So to help, I took a quick peek online to see what I could find. This, this was great. I didn't know what I was going to find, but um, what I ended up looking at was a enhanced infrastructure financing district. That's the name of their TIFF scheme. And amazingly, and I, I took screenshots of this, um, the Walk of Fame could be getting some TIFF money in Hollywood. <laughs> oh so yes getting back to the post here we go yes that's right there is a distinct possibility that the hollywood walk of fame will be the beneficiary of a tiff handout california style maybe hollywood should consider a public private partnership with the celebrities themselves to ensure this obnoxious veneration of popular culture is subsidized by those who might actually give a shit instead of the taxpayers do any of the people involved with handing out public money understand that infrastructure must be maintained? And do they understand that lawless dystopias are not ideal environments for maintaining this infrastructure? Yeah. North of Hollywood in San Francisco. Oh, this is great. An act of vandalism caused the San Francisco Board of Supervisors to cancel their meeting. The same board has attempted to downplay the violence against people and property in the Bay Area. Then this happens. <laughs> oh, man. The picture is of this uh, fiber optics, like... It's just so utterly destroyed. It is, it is destroyed. Oh, man, that's funny. I think the public safety argument against TIF is more compelling, but in terms of convincing legislators in Helena, the political weapon angle may get more usable attention so these lawmakers can see that we are way beyond blight when we're talking tax increment financing. Well, you'll just have to tune in next week to, to hear what, those, what that comment actually was. It should be interesting. Oh, moving on, this is exciting, and then I'll have to take another little break here in just a minute. Um, the next post on April 13th, titled Breaking Narrative Control with Journalist David Farenthold in a Room Full of People Who Know Nothing About Sean Stevenson. So I uh, caught that the Dean Stone lecture was this very important New York Times journalist. He got a lot of time with the Washington Post. Well, I didn't go there to listen to him. I was hoping to get a chance for the room to listen to me. I got that chance. I gave the little pitch that I give. Hey, you know, there was a black guy assaulted in the men's dorm of a homeless shelter. He was taken to a private hospital. He was removed from life support by the sheriff's office, also the coroner. Family wasn't notified before that happened. They were told after. So I, I laid out that scenario asking David, um, the very important New York Times journalist, I asked him, um, is this newsworthy or not? His response, I certainly would like to know more. Well, after the lecture, I did tell him some more, and he seemed pretty interested. I gave him my contact information. But before I was done with that comment to him with that big room full of people, most of them with silver-hued hair, I asked, anyone in this room hear the name Sean Stevenson? Not one person raised their hand. I asked for a show of hands. That's a problem, I said. And I do consider that a problem. I consider it an amazing opportunity to have actually given my contact information to a New York journalist who does think there's some interesting stuff. This guy, uh, David Farenthold, reported on nonprofits specifically in, in the context of Donald Trump making claims to have donated to veterans groups. So he likes nonprofits, specifically. Do you think there's a specific nonprofit I may have mentioned to him after the lecture was done? Yeah. Also in the post, if you go to zoomcron.com and you check out that post, which was on April 13th, you will see a picture of John Talbot, Mr. Former CIA, later a publisher for the Missoulian. I have some very interesting screenshots of a historical interview he did with John Newhouse. Date of the interview is 1975. The oral history 
And that the number of that is 465-014. If you want to check it out for yourself, um, we'll take a look. Getting close to being done, um, I'm going to take a quick break and we will come back to wrap it up. And by we, I mean me, because this is a solo show. Thank you for tuning in to Zoomcron Week in Review. Be right back. All right, I am now back after an intermission that was a little bit longer than I expected, but for you, the listener, just like that. Um, it is getting late here on a Saturday night. It is um, April 15th, the last post, April 14th is when it posted, and this was my sixth report for Travis's Impact Fund. So, Yokes to Southside Road. Yokes is the name of a local grocery store. Names changed a few times. Um, did not intend to actually do the report on Friday. What ended up happening is there were two stories that um, that caught my attention. So, an alley brought one of them to my attention, which is a missing 18-year-old, and his name, Joey. Um, let me double check on the name here. Let me just scroll down. Joey Thompson. Yes, Joseph Thompson, 18 year, 18 years old, so goes by Joey, and he went missing in the South Side area. So this is west of Missoula. Actually, I'm very familiar with this area in part because it is where Johnny Lee Perry was shot and killed by um, a Missoula County Sheriff deputy. So this area of town is pretty. Uh, there, there's just some darkness. Let's just like leave it, at, leave it at that. Um, if you're in Missoula, you can go out there and, and, you know, feel the vibe for yourself. Um, if you're out there, you can maybe pitch in and look around for Joey because he is still missing as of April 15th. He's not been located. He was last seen 4am wearing a pretty bright hoodie, an Aunt Jemima, uh, red hoodie. So I went out there in the area because, I, you know, again, with these homeless camps, um, I wanted to check in and see where things were at burned out. That's where things were at. Um, the camps that I was aware of seemed to have been mostly abandoned. There's a lot of trash. Um, pretty interesting stuff out there. Nikki Six, you know, his heroin diaries. Saw a copy in the trash. Uh, pretty pretty appropriate. I, of course, took a picture. Um, did a little bit of video recording out there. Um, that was after talking to someone from the sheriff's office who was involved in the search and rescue. Um, also, Two Bear Air. Um, I, I heard helicopters were going to be brought in. That's what the sheriff was. The sheriff deputy was not deputy. Um, he was some kind of volunteer, but he was pretty, pretty excited to sort of get to that and to not be talking with me, um, even though I was a citizen out there to, to help out. Um, but I was suspecting that the air support was going to be two bear air. And sure enough, that's who was being brought in. So I made note of that in the report. Like I said, the, the heroin diaries, Nikki six, that, that was the very beginning image of the AA number six report. So you can check out the video. Oh, it is late and I am tired. It has been a long week. Weekends, you might think that weekends are fun. My personal life is just such a challenge. But um, the weather is getting nice. So I hope people are enjoying the weekend. If you're able to get out there and pretend that there's not a sort of drug crisis, dystopia, um, total economic wreckage, uh, funny, hilarious war. Some kind of leaks like were put out there. I think they were put out in Minecraft. Some 21-year-old was arrested. Wow. Crazy things that are happening. But I like to keep the focus here local. So thank you for supporting local independent journalism. That's what I do. My name is Travis William Skink Mateer. You can support me by checking out the About page. There's a donation button. I've got Travis's Impact Fund. That's a GoFundMe page. You can reach out via email, willskink at yahoo.com. So many different things to do. I like to end episodes with a ukulele song. And this week will be just like all the other weeks. There's going to be a song. So I'm going to include that at the end. Stay tuned. This is Zoomcron Week in Review. i got a few other ideas ready to to launch. And I think um, one of the things that will be accompanying this, this episode, finally, the song launching Brick and Book Media Nook. It's a great song. It's catchy. Great video. Stay tuned. A lot of good things coming. 
State of a community is pretty strong. The slow town sounds are almost gone. Hear the planes day and night. See the twinkle of city lights. The state is great. The camps are clean. Government is effective. Youth say please when requesting more screen time. Staring deeply with stable minds. But I will not say everything is great. Cause between me and you, I don't think that's true. All the kids are safe tonight. No confusion, just desire to smiley face away the fright of morning lights and future fires. City state, strong resolve. Change the lanes, leash the dogs. It's okay if you can't make it on Instagram. You can fake it. But I will not say Everything is great Cause between me and you I don't think that's necessarily true, you know what I mean? State of a city is pretty cool Kayak waves in breakout rooms Hear the promos day and night See the twinkle of civic eyes The state is big, the camps are small Government is friendly, that is all If you say otherwise Oh, the disappointed sighs But I will not say Everything is great Cause between me and you Hmm I just don't think that's true One more time the state of our city is pretty strong The slow town sounds are almost gone Hear the planes day and night See the twinkle of city lights The state is great, the camps are clean Government is effective, youth say please When requesting more screen time Staring deeply with stable minds Yeah, yeah Public safety bike ride hopes over bridges down the street. Schizo demons shooting dope. Free range dealers feel no heat. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know why. I'll say that one more time. Public safety bike ride hopes over bridges down the street. Schizo demons shooting dope. Free range dealers feel no heat. All the kids are safe tonight. No confusion, just desire to smiley face away the fright of morning light and future fires. Fires we'll have to put out, kids. Be safe out there.